the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. So on Mondays, I record a 20-minute interview with a market strategist from EP Wealth. I post it on my YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. It's meant for certified financial planners and clients. I post it on my site as I meet a deal with a company. I want to do more to educate the average person. And if you want me to work for you, that's my condition. I also ask for some things like healthcare. Don't, don't get me totally wrong. I wasn't that noble. Um, so that's going to happen later this morning. And it'll be on the, my YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. And one of the things that stinks right now is you're coming off 2021, 2022, strong market years. You're expecting 2022 to be strong and kind of like continue on. You had 70 market highs in 2021. 2022 couldn't be anything but total opposite. And you're talking to people who have money who are closer to retirement. So you go, oh, corrections happen. Every single year, the market goes down 10%. Not every single year, but most years. And then a correction of 10% turns into a bear market, 20% from its all-time high. And you go, those happen every three to four years, but we haven't had it happen in 10 years. So it might not happen again. It may be a thing of the past. We've turned our economy into such a smooth technology-driven company, country. And we've, we've learned how to fight inflation and how to stimulate everyone and everyone's a winner. Not people who didn't have stocks. You with me? So one of the things I really like about the markets right now is I, I can teach you corrections are normal. They're the best buying opportunities of the year. Because more often than not, we're going to be back to a 52-week high relatively quickly. Would you rather have Microsoft at 10% off, Apple at 10% off, or you want to pay full price? Take the 10% off. That makes sense to you. But when you own it, you're like, oh, what should I do? I should have sold it. No, no, you should buy more. If you need to own more than 20 stocks, there's something wrong with you. If you need to own more than 20 indexes, there's something wrong with you. What I'm saying is if you need. Now, yeah, you can get a little bit more complex once you're wealthy and go, I should add a 21st and make it like commodities. They play a little different game than stock sponsored and real estate do. I get it. I'm fine with that. Year to date, the NASDAQ's down 27%. So it is in a bear market. Historically, right around now, another 2% is where bear markets tend to stop going down. Some of them stop around 22. Some of them stop around 35 but the majority right around 26, 27, 28. Again, not an exact science because last year was so beautiful. This year is so beautiful. So one of the things I'm going to say on my recording today is you know who I'm happiest for right now with this market correction and bear market? My kids, your kids, people under 30, people under 35, 
anyone who's investing their 401k right now and has more than five years, you're getting the best deal you've gotten in a long time. If you're a growth investor, you know, sometimes you're like, am I growth? Am I income or am I growth and income? The NASDAQ down 27%. NASDAQ has a lot of growth companies. Are we down at the bottom? Probably not. Are the valuations attractive yet? Well, if we hit a recession and earnings come down, probably not. Could it take six months to three years to dig out of it? Three years being on the historical long side, six months being on the historical short side? Sure. So I'm guessing somewhere in the middle. Now, this time though, there was a lot of speculation like there was in 2000. So it may be a while before the NASDAQ hits an all-time high again. Because I do think some companies don't deserve to be around. I don't know all the names of these companies because I don't even look at them anymore. There were so many SPACs, which were basically companies that have a blank check. And they're publicly traded. And the only job they are in is I have a check. I'm going to spend it on another company. Electronic Arts said this over the weekend. We're putting ourselves up for sale. Who wants us? And the usual suspects are like Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, a couple others. You get the idea. But with SPACs, you're like, oh, Trump's going to start a, a Twitter channel. He's going to call it to your social. When that happens, you have to get a building. You got to get salespeople. You got to get engineers. Like It costs money. So you go to a blank check company and say, hey, we got this great idea. Republicans loved him when he was on Twitter. Democrats hated him when he was on Twitter. So we're going to go to a different platform, call it Truth. And he'll still be the, the guy who generates buzz for whether he's saying it's true or not. We don't care. <laughs> but we're going to call it truthful. Truth. Um, so SPACs, too many of them came public last year. Too many. Too many, too many, too many, too many. I want to see a company like Apple or Microsoft buy a SPAC. One of those, um, oh, okay. Remember I was telling you, I was talking to a, a male friend who does things kind of wrong. Uh, we, we, we had dinner at his house probably three months ago. And he said, um, what do you like? What do you do? And I was like, I do a little money investing kind of stuff. And teach people how to do it. And he goes, uh, what do you like? And I said, he goes, I like Rivian. I just bought Rivian. I'm like, oh, electric vehicles. I totally get it. And in my head, I was like, dang it. He's going for the next Tesla. And I'm like, he's thinking the wrong way. So try to influence him, Rob. Try to influence him. I'm like, you know what I like? I like lithium. And he goes, what's lithium? I said, it's the material that goes into all electric vehicles. It goes into all solar panels. Pretty important stuff. And uh, I got lucky. Because the moment I said that, lithium started taking off when Russia invaded Ukraine. His investment, in, he didn't invest in Rivian. He looked at it. So three months ago was a $60 stock. Now it's a $30 stock. In the same time, lithium's gone the other way and broken out. So when I saw him three months later, he's like, you were right. How did you know that? I've been around the block a little bit. Kind of funny, kind of not, you know. Um, too many companies like Rivian and Lucid, who are the next Teslas, and their next Tesla is Tesla, probably. Uh, 
Um, I'm not big into the digital currencies. I've just avoided. I understand the premise. So I, I go, okay, if you want to make that a fourth asset, you're going to accumulate stocks, bonds, real estate, and digital assets. I'm okay with that. But that's like saying I'm going to invest in baseball cards. You're going to put all your money into a baseball card? Yeah, you don't understand, Rob. It's Joe DiMaggio. I'm like, you're going to put everything into baseball cards? I mean, you know that that card doesn't have a job. And at some point in time, you're going to need a healthy economy to sell that card to another card guy. You want to get... So I feel that way about digital currencies. They're kind of like baseball cards to me. I get it. I understand it. The blockchain's the better part of the digital asset, in my opinion. Um, So if I were, if everyone in the world were to say, oh man, the new uh, NFL football cards are going to be big. And Top says, we're never going to make any more paper products again. We're only going to release 100 football cards this year of Tom Brady. And we want a 2022 Tom Brady last season. Tops, no bubble gum, just a digital card. We're going to charge you double. I might take that. I might see that as attractive if there's only going to be 100. But you, you see where I'm going at here. So further talking about things like Rivian, I'm not against them, and I, I don't want to beat up people who want that, but I know it's more speculative than companies that are earning millions or companies that are earning hundreds of millions, companies that are earning billions. I know Rivian needs cash to start producing and get the factories fired up. So therefore, it's riskier than companies that has factories, companies that has histories delivering, companies that have growing dependence on factories tend to secure the materials. Apple's done pretty darn well during the uh, 2022, where we're like, really? What bad luck for inflation? And here's the problem with inflation. Oil's, oil's the only thing we care about. You'll hear me on the show on occasion go, oh, the price of lumber's down. We don't care. Oh, the price of avocados are down. Market doesn't care. What the market cares about is oil. It's the oil triggering inflation that we're worried about. And that's not one that's going to come down until the Saudis come online. Remember how last week I said, what Joe Biden needs to do right now is call up that prince in Saudi Arabia and go, hey, prince, you know uh, how I called you a murderer? Sorry about calling you a murderer. Uh, we kind of need your oil. And what can I do for you? What, what U.S. rule could I break so that we can get you to do business with us again? Do we reverse sanctions? What do we do? Prince is mad. Biden said a couple of years ago or a year ago, he didn't see the, the prince of Saudi Arabia on the same level as him. That's not the way to play that game. When you need oil a couple of years later, you better walk that one back. Um, so guess what happened last week? Biden had a, a meeting with the prince. I, I called that one pretty darn close to within like 72 hours of the actual event. Has oil started coming down? Not yet. What type of inflation we have right now is oil and China with supply chain. This is not a quick fix. So we're still spending. We still have a lot of demand in the United States. We still have a consumer that's in a pretty good place in the United States. But the oil in China, until they clear up cloudy with a chance of meatballs in the future, right? Cloudy with a chance of inflation is the better way of saying that. 
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. So in the first segment, I talked about how I met another dad over the weekend for a couple of beers and talk philosophy of parenting and things like that. It was lovely. I don't do a lot of that. It's probably my one of my bigger regrets in life is that in the 80s, I was growing up just desperate to get a girl's attention. You know, the final four years of high school when you shift from sports to girls in your brain, um, I was desperate. It was my hormones were like, must find love, must find love. Don't die old and alone. So one of my biggest regrets is that I did never really networked well. In college, I started to really focus on my studies and on girls. Um, and I never really networked well. I regret that now. I regret in my head, I looked at fraternities as paid friendships, and I thought I was right. But in hindsight, my sister joined a sorority, which was like a kind of a work sorority. On the weekends, I'd go clean highways, and meet with old people, and hang out with you know children with disabilities, like good human beings, kind of a service sorority. And she still has sorority sisters that she still talks to. Now, that doesn't mean much to you. Like, oh, she's just talking to old service sorority. But she can move to another county and say, hey, y'all know about any teaching jobs? Because I'm moving. Um, I've got friends who were in fraternities that one guy is an attorney in LA. One guy is an attorney in San Francisco. One guy is an attorney in Chicago. So let's say you're an attorney in Richmond, Virginia, and you want to move somewhere to a bigger city. Fraternities have that instant relationship. Now, again, still, I probably wouldn't pay for a fraternity unless it was really, really nominal. I know fraternities help you with the ladies, and I know fraternities help you with the networking. But I still, that paid relationship, I can't get over. So I feel too much like a, (laughs) it's a transaction that I don't think should be there. You can raise money. I get it. Um, But that's a big regret of mine. And my another big regret is I've worked in probably 15 radio stations or radio companies from CBS to CNET to Salem to Clear Channel. Um, you name it, I've been there. I don't have any of my general manager's emails. I have none of my salespeople's emails. I never networked. I focused on financial planning and you know, securing the wife and starting the family. I hate saying that out loud. You should have things you regret. Now, I started by talking about how I met another parent and I kind of, I didn't judge him, but financially speaking, I know a lot more than he does. He's an architect. When it comes to architecture, he knows a lot more than I do. It's a shame that my skill set. His helps his career. My skill set helps everyone on the planet be better with money, which is weird to say out loud. And mine, I think, is more universal, whereas his is more of a bullet shot. Yes, if society goes to heck in a handbasket and zombies take over and they take out all our political systems and 10, 15 years from now we're living in farms, I would like to have an architect around. And the money guy is not going to be that important. In zombie apocalypse, he's more important than me. But in our current real world, I'm more important than him. And I have no problem saying that out loud. 
I'm not, there's no big head there. It stops. It stops. But due to the fact that he had two kids and he remarried a woman with three kids. So he's essentially, he's got some sort of financial tie to five kids. And then the wife, she's probably going to want a better lifestyle than her first husband helped provide. You get the idea there, right? Let's talk about safe deposit boxes because I'm talking about things that we grew up with notions and credit cards are better than debit cards. In my opinion, there's nothing I use a debit card for. I have one in case I need to hit an ATM machine or deposit a check. But recently bank of America says you deposit a check on $5,000, take a picture of it and send it off to us. I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't even need to, de- uh, uh, you get the idea. So I grew up in the, probably when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, people had safe deposit boxes. You'd go with your mom and dad to the bank on the weekends for whatever reason. Probably to cash it now that I think about it. So you'd stand in line, you'd see, oh, the safe deposit. Oh, what's in the safe deposit boxes? You'd see TV shows. Oh, let's go hit the safe deposit boxes in the bank. We'll hold a gun to the bank manager's head. And if he doesn't do it, we'll hit him with the back of the gun and say, do it. And he'll open all the safe deposit boxes for us. But it won't be all the safe deposit boxes. It'll be safe deposit box 268. Because that's the one that has the the Mongolian diamond in it, the Kublai Khan war. And you're saying, did you just figure that up? I did. All right, I did. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. From the imagination of Rob Black. So as a financial guy, as I got older, I've kind of learned that safe deposit boxes are kind of silly. Especially if you don't go out of your way to babysit that and share the information with someone and where this backup spare key is and things like that, too much pain in my butt. No, thank you. Keeping cash in a safe deposit box, awful. If you need money in an emergency, the bank is closed, you're out of luck, right? The idle cash loses buying power over time due to the effects of inflation. I don't keep cash under a mattress. I don't keep it in a safe deposit box. I keep it in an online bank that pays higher than a real on-premise bank. I use Flourish. Everyone should try to figure out what you think you should use. Flourish is F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H. In this day and age, I don't need a lot of cash. Another thing I don't need is um, putting my documents like passports in a safe deposit box. Unless you're a social media influencer who travels for clicks for a global business executive, you will probably don't need your passport on hand 24-7. Tempting for security reasons. A planned trip is one thing, but emergency trips by their nature are unplanned. You get lucky and find a fantastic deal on a last-minute trip to Europe. I would much rather have my passport kept in a nice, safe place in home, like a safe, fireproof safe, is way more important than a safe. Also, I take pictures and store them on my phone of things like my passport. Um, Keeping your original will in a safe deposit box is a pain in the butt. After your death, the bank will seal the safe deposit box until an executor can prove he or she has the legal right to access it. You know how they find that out? It's in the will. Don't keep your final letters of instruction in a safe deposit box. If you want to be kept in a coma for 10 years or kept in a coma for one day, doctors can't get to it. Sadly, I see people use this all the time on advanced healthcare directives, durable power of attorneys. They put it in a safe deposit box. 
And then they forget to tell their kid, oh, Rob, by the way, here's the key. And if you need it because I'm dying, here's the key. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I moved it a year ago. <laughs> but dad's dying and I can't talk to dad because he's dying. Safety deposit box, there's some things that maybe we should just leave in the past, right? Spare keys, come on. You can find a rock somewhere on your property, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invest, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. I'm in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting your retirement. One of the things I like to do is incorporate a lot of my life. I am now, I've hit wealth. I've got enough money to last until the day I die. Um, I did it when I was, before I was 50, right around 50, somewhere in that age. I had some bumps. I've had some problems along the way. There's some things I regret that I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have saved more early. I wish I would have saved more during market downturns. Wish I would have had cash being prepared for market downturns. But you don't have to play a perfect game. This isn't like a, a nine inning, no walk, no hit batsman, perfect game, no hit. It doesn't have to be that way. I was hanging out with another father over the weekend. It's quite lovely, to be quite honest with you. Really nice guy. Wonderful child he's been raising. Financially speaking, bit of a mess. Owns a home. Congratulations. That's tough not to like. It's tough to work against that, if that makes any sense to you. Um, so on a lot of levels, he's done things right because he's got a good million dollars, but he's got nothing else. He was previously married. His wife was previously married. In his divorce, she took her 401k. Yeah, there was a little bit of talk over oysters on how did the divorce go? I'm always interested. I had a divorce. It was painless. Married less than a year. Uh, when you marry a model and someone from overseas markets contacts her and she cons back, backs back, I'm like, yeah, this is over. So I called mine quits quickly. He had a legit. Uh, two children marriage and during the divorce he wanted the house she wanted the 401k and she was kind of like oh I'm gonna get spousal support uh, not so easy in California not so quick she earns more than you it ain't coming uh, oh I want child support yeah, not so fast um, it was gonna be a lot less than she thought so she thought she's gonna be sticking it to him and According to him, she cheated on him with her boss kind of thing. I'm not sure. But she went to an attorney and uh, came to him and said, you know, I want my 401k. And he wanted the house. I'm like, oh, tell me you didn't. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, I did. And I said, do you know how many women I work with in my industry that were married, that had kids, that during the divorce, she decides that she wants to keep the kids in the same school district? So she does keep the house. It's so easy in this world to find some place to live. Not so much now as it was 10 years ago. 
but it's a lot tougher to save enough money so that it doubles every seven years. Real estate doesn't double every seven years. In the last 10, it doubles for sure. Um, but there also comes a point where income has to qualify for your home or people have to be doing you a great service by paying you in cash. Most people don't have that luxury. So we, I think we could all agree he, he made a mistake by going for the house. A um, half million dollars in equity in a home is not the same as a half million dollars in investments. And I could have been mean and asked him about that, but I let it go because we have a growing friendship. You know, the old line, what's, what weighs more, a ton of, a ton of pillows or a ton of uh, steel? They're the same because they weigh a ton. What's worth more money, $500,000 in stocks and bonds or $500,000 in equity in a home? That's a no-brainer for me. Stock market is the best performing asset out there over time. Now, I know we in California, we get, oh, but my home, my home, look, it just went up $100,000 in a year. Uh, stocks go up on average better than bonds on bonds go up on average historically better than real estate real estate's around five percent bonds around six percent and historically stocks have been in that eight to ten percent area depending on if you're counting dividends or not so it comes time to pay the bill and uh i bought last time so he bought this time and uh let's say i got oysters out of it i think i got a better deal (laughs) not the same who paid last time versus this time it's how big is the check. Um, so where do I go with this? Oh, he pulled out a debit card. Oh, my heart sank. And I looked at his, his debit card. I was like, okay, I eyeballed it. And later in the night, um, we're talking about money and his daughter and his sons and um, giving them a credit card or not. And I'm like, I'm 100% giving my kids a secured credit card at 15, 16. And it's going to have basically their allowance on it, plus some more money in case they get into trouble and overdraft it. It doesn't count against their credit score, but they're going to start building credit at 16. Debit doesn't build your credit. Credit card builds your credit. A secured card, I'll put $500 in. I'll say, son, you've got $100 this month to spend. Don't spend more than 100. So for two years while he's in the protection of me at home, He'll learn how to practice using a credit card, how to pay it on time. And when he slips, okay, dude, 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 look, you slipped. You went over your $100 limit. Credit card company will never know. It'll never get reported, but I'll know because I'll be monitoring it because he's a a dependent and he's a minor. So he has no, he was like, oh no, uh, I'm not giving my kids a credit card. They get a checking account. I'm like, checking account? What sort of dinosaur are you? Did you know that pterodactyls aren't dinosaurs? I did not know that. That shocked me. They're called pterosaurs. I know you're saying, I know you're saying to say, let's, let's try that at lunch today and see if everyone likes me for my big knowledge on pterodactyls and dinosaurs. So here he is a fairly successful guy living in Moran. Here I am a fairly successful guy in Moran. We both have lovely kids that we uh, think very highly of. He's making some very minor mistakes. 
But my minor mistakes are I didn't put more money in. I didn't buy more aggressively when there's a down market. His is he uses a debit card. I was like, you know that waiter? After I have a beer or two, I can't help myself. I go, you know that waiter took your debit card. He can go in back and get $10,000 on Amazon delivered into a P.O. box right now. And you probably won't even know for a day or two. And you can lose it all if it's linked to your checking account. And let's say you have $10,000 in your checking account. With a credit card, your limit, your exposure is about 50 bucks. That's a pretty big difference. With credit cards, you build credit, which helps you get into a home one day when someone's like, oh, let's check their rental application background. Oh, they've got good credit. They've been paying on-time payments for uh, 48 months versus someone who's never had an online payment. Okay. I'm giving it to someone who's been consistent and good. They can get jobs easier, young people, if they've got a good credit score. Are you gonna? Do you want to hire the person who's got the shakes and spends all of his money the moment he gets a paycheck, or do you want to go with someone who's got a good credit score? It doesn't always work out that way. But two parents, we both look pretty identical. I've done things way better than he has. And so my point of segment, I am actually pretty good with money, and there are some really simple things you could do to be better. We don't have to talk about drying your towels in the sun. That's going to save you a buck or two. A buck or two is going to add up. So you better dry your towels in the sun if you can. Anyhow, think like Rob Black. Get to retirement sooner than later. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, the Rob Black Show. Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Let's get you to retirement. Let's set some goals. Let's deal with the bear market wisely and intelligently. Year to date, the Nasdaq's down 27%. The SP 500's down 18%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 13%. 10 year Treasury now sits at 2.78% after playing with a 3.1 handle just a few short weeks ago. As it couldn't handle staying there, the stock market gave back or gave back last year's gains, gave back last year's gains, gave back more of last year's gains. So Dow's down 14%. The Nasdaq's down 27.5%. Which one do you think is safe for now? Can't tell. Not enough data. Bitcoin's down 35% for the year. Oil's up 49%. That's the problem. There's two major problems that are going to cause stagflation. High price of oil. Eh, there's more than two. High price of oil and Putin's effect in that world. The opening of the pan after the pandemic to let's travel and use a lot of oil. And then you get to China. They make stuff for the whole world. They just happen to have the most restrictive parents on the planet. You remember your friends in high school who are their, their coolest friends ever, but their parents put them to bed at eight. It's kind of what's going on with COVID in China. They are not letting their economy manufacture every time they get a case of COVID. You think California is bad. That's kind of what I'm saying. Ed. California's actually pretty cool hippie parents compared to China. They don't let the kids go out at all. Um, the markets have a mind of their own sometimes, it feels. I don't think that's true. I think they're discounting mechanism in the future, six months. How low can this go? Probably lower. Bank of America's private clients are still dedicating 63% of their portfolios to stocks compared to 39% after the 2008 financial crisis. So people haven't really given up completely. 
So again, let me get throw it out there for you. Bank of America's private clients, i.e. wealthy people, they're dedicating 63% of their monies to stocks compared to 39% at the bottom of the financial crisis in 2008. The dollar and parity of the dollar has been a big story. We don't talk currency on the show very often. It's not like we don't talk Bruno. We just don't talk currency. Seeing the storm clouds roll in in the last year, especially in the last four months, maybe I should talk more dollar currency. If you take a look at how things have been repriced in the last four to five months, it's pretty mind-blowing. Tickets for concerts are up 70%. I know you're going, I just want to go to a concert. I'll pay 70% more. Had they done that jump in price from 2020 from 2019 with no pandemic, you'd be like, this is crazy. Ticketmaster needs to be put out of their, out of their misery. They're, they're gouging us. To visit the Acropolis in Athens in 2019 cost 21 bucks. Now it's 2260 to get a gondola ride in Venice cost $84 in 2019. Now it's $90 and 40 cents going up. Um, paying attention to currencies on the small levels of the currency, like uh, the dollars versus the euro, a little bit tough to do and to do it well. I try to focus you on, I try to focus your attention energies on more important issues faster. I know you're saying that's a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. Kind of is last week, Walmart and target raised fears about the health of the American consumer. That's why things felt a little bit rougher last week because Walmart and target, they've got excellent management and they both said cost of shipping from China to the United States is killing our margins. And we're going to earn less money. We're going to have to do more tricks to get you in the store. More discounts equals less profits. So big box taught us that. The S&P 500 Consumer Staple Index, which features big box retailers like Target and Walmart, along with pharmacies and food producers, was one of only three segments of the S&P 500 that hadn't declined in 2022. We had said, hey, these are actually pretty safe areas, along with utilities and energy. And that turned around last week when we saw the consumers probably going to get brutalized. Because Walmart and Target aren't going to sit there and do nothing. They're going to respond. And one area they're going to respond is maybe, eh, we'll get to that, but firing people in the United States. Still not there, though. Visa Spending Momentum Index, which tracks credit card debit spending, fell to its lowest level since February 2021. Visa said consumers are spending more on food and gas, which hurts their ability to buy discretionary items like TVs. Walmart's fuel costs in the last quarter were $160 million higher than planned. Their fuel costs were $160 million higher than planned. Target's inventory is up 43% from a year ago. Walmart's is 32%. Rising inventory is really bad on cash flow. But also rising inventory can catch you really, really in the margin market. Because for instance, if you're, what is it right now? Spring? So let's say you got shorts and t-shirts out and they don't sell. And then you go to the fall, then you get an early snow in the fall and like, 
oh, we need to get sweaters out soon, guys. It's going to be a cold winter. We need to get sweaters out soon. But we still have all these t-shirts and shorts. Oh, just slash them 50% off. We need to move them. We need the cash so we can buy and secure goods for the fall and winter. So the big box stores told us, whoops, underestimated fuel costs, unexpected margin attacks. Elsewhere in the world of headline news today, let's talk about what we're seeing on the markets. Electronic Arts has said they're up for sale. I guess we saw that coming after Activision put themselves up for sale. After Take-Two bought Zynga, you've seen some consolidation. Electronic Arts, I'm not going to say I'm going to cry. They're a video game maker who makes the Madden football franchise. They've recently cut ties with FIFA because FIFA's like, oh, we, we want... This is my impression of FIFA. Every official that works at FIFA is Italian, and they speak bad English Italian. Oh, well, Electronic Arts, what we want from you is more money, more money. Give us more money. So FIFA's one of those weird organizations like the NFL where they get away with murder with politicians in large part because they're so important to society's happiness. They like sponsored the gladiator wars, right? You have Rome. Rome needs gladiators. You have the United States. We need football. So I, I wasn't shocked this weekend, but it, it dawned on me like, oh, they're putting themselves up for sale. That's an okay thing. I get it. VMware looks like they're going to be acquired by Broadcom. I like merger Mondays. It's when stocks look at each other and goes, you know what? You're kind of sexy. Oh, yeah? You're kind of hot. Can you dance? I can dance. Can you hold your liquor? I can hold my liquor. Let's go, let's go, go, go have some fun. I like it when companies do mergers and acquisitions. The consumer discretionary sector, which Walmart and Target kind of ruined last week, tainted it for the short term, killing companies like Amazon and Tesla. So you could see how Walmart and Target may not be that important to you. But if you're a growth investor in discretionary products like Amazon's and Tesla's, you got to be paying attention to it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm going to be posting a market commentary tomorrow on YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.